Hey there, everybody. Kevin O'Connell here, founder of The Niche Movement. Hope all is well with you today. So this episode that we are releasing is, I think it was probably right in and around Labor Day weekend of this year of 2018. And I merged together my two passions and literally my two businesses, FYN Creative and The Niche Movement. And I put together what I'm calling is a new workshop or a new talk that I gave to probably about 40 GW business school leaders that were part of the mentor program. And um, the topic that I was asked to really talk about is how do we make a college student's digital brand work for themselves rather than hurt them? Or how do they realize the potential that they have with, with literally these apps uh, at their fingertips? So uh, I gave a 45 minute workshop on how to make your digital brand work for yourself. And what you'll hear here, this is this is from the video that I released on YouTube and you might see some micro clips that we drop uh, on either my personal Instagram or the Niche Movement Instagram. But anyway, this is the full audio of that talk. And, and what we go through is, it's really cool. We actually talk about the six different personality traits of why people share on social media. And so that really helped college students figure out, hmm, what type am I? How do I harness that? Or how do I be okay with maybe why and how and what type of content I do or don't share about myself. Um, we also talk about some other case studies and examples of how other young professionals and college students have grown their network and not necessarily even created a, a hardcore personal brand for themselves, but they've used it to leverage to, to build their network to get jobs. So that's really what this was about. It, it's, it's the social media digital storytelling side from a personal perspective, but then conversely, how do they harness that for their career and how do they really you know, realize that there's no more gatekeepers. How do they take those bold risks, have some audacity, uh, and use that to, to grow their network, get a job, build their personal brand, whatever it might be. And so again, I hope you enjoy the audio from this workshop, and I'll just put it out there. There's clearly a reason I'm sharing it, but I do know that this is super helpful, whether it's this specific topic or some customized content for, for your audience, whether that is college students, young professionals, uh, or whether you are at the middle end of your career spectrum, I know that I can help you. So whether that's through a training, a workshop, or uh, whether it's coaching, whatever it might be, feel free to reach out to me. Again, enjoy this episode. Buddy, how are we doing since I saw you guys yesterday afternoon? Good. Good? Good night last night? It was cool coming back to campus this morning to see like, everybody going crazy on packing their car. So you guys had, a, obviously, a one-week advantage or so. Thank you guys for having me. Um, Donnie and I, Donnie emailed me on her vacation, and I kind of yelled at her, I'm like, don't be emailing me on your vacation. But she emailed me and said, hey, would you come in and talk about social media, digital branding, and how you can harness digital, social media, and, and everything you're doing as a student leader to really do what this says, make your digital brand work for you. And so I've matched up the two different careers that I do for a living. So I'm an entrepreneur, as I alluded to yesterday. I run a digital storytelling and production agency called FY and Creative. And then on the other side, I uh, oversee uh, a career organization, which was basically a passion project of mine that is now a grassroots nationwide movement to help young professionals find a career they love uh, and rethink the traditional career search. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about for the next 30 to 45 minutes, that way I can give you guys a little bit of timestamp so you know like it's uh, 9.15 or 10.15 or 10.30, you know like we're coming towards the end. So the next 30 to 45 minutes, what I want to talk about is how you can harness the, your digital brand uh, as a student leader. So what I want to start out with, uh, and Emma and Aaron know this, I'm very story-centric. I told you I'm a digital, digital storyteller. So I have a handful of stories, a little bit of my own personal experience, as well as stories from my cousins, my wife, my coworkers, things like that. So the first story here is uh, a story of a little audacity and a little creativity that connected me with a national leader that was featured on NBC Nightly News about four years ago. And so I want to share that story first. It was November 13th, 2014, so just about four years ago. I just moved to DC. It was less than a month that I was here in DC. Less than two months, I actually went out on my own as an entrepreneur. So I'm like figuring all these things out. I have a, to -do, a crazy to-do list. I have all these questions. I have all this uncertainty of like, am I going to survive? Am I going to succeed as an entrepreneur? And November 13th, I think it was a Tuesday night, we're watching NBC Nightly News, and um, this quote and this woman comes on, and one of the quotes that really stuck out to me, and I think I might have used this in my FYDP classes, I know I used it in some other workshops. This quote came up, this woman says, who cares about the soda? If you don't feel good where you work and don't believe what leadership is saying to you, no can of Coke will fix that for you. 
So you know the Facebooks, the Ubers, the Googles, the Airbnbs, they have slides and, and free coffee and all this great stuff. But like, who cares about that? If you don't believe leadership and you don't believe your boss, no, nothing's gonna fix that. So I continue to watch this interview and uh, in November, I actually was about three months into writing my very first book, The New Rules of Finding a Career You Love. And I was like, wow, I need, this, I need to connect with this woman. And so what I'd like to share here is about a two to two and a half minute clip, and if the technology guys are on our side, hopefully the sound works. But I wanna at least preface who this woman is and what this feature was, and then how I went about to get on her radar. So let's hope that this works. So I, I was watching this, and my wife comes in the room, she's cooking dinner, and I literally like rewind it three or four times, and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this woman's going to be in my book. And she's like, okay, okay. Um, I'm like, no, I'm serious, she's going to be featured in my book. And at that time, I had interviewed about 20 young professionals that went a bunch of different career paths, and I needed, like, I needed somebody like this that had some national presence. Nancy actually did a lot of work with the, the Obama administration on employee engagement. Uh, I needed somebody that could speak to this great place of work employee engagement piece for my book. And I was like, I need to get in touch with her. So Tuesday night, NBC Nightly News, um, I immediately jump on Google and start professionally stalking her. <laughs> and so I go to their website, I come across this, this page, and obviously there she is. At the time, I couldn't get her email. I could guess what it is, I, you know, I couldn't get her email. And she's obviously a CEO of a pretty big company, she probably gets, what do you think, 100, 200 emails a day. So that was not an option. So mind you, the interview was played at 7.15. This is like 7.20 p.m. at night. I then go to LinkedIn, which you all are hearing about LinkedIn. You're going to hear more about uh, throughout your college career. But anybody that's sent requests, you just kind of send that generic request. And she's like, who the heck is Kevin O'Connell from Washington, D.C.? So I said, nope, that's not it either. So I'm sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. And I'm like, with all these digital tools and my own digital brand, what else can I do to stand out and like get on her radar? So I had an idea. I went on Twitter and Twitter searched her name. Just put in Nancy Lyons to see if she's even out there. You know, she's a 45-year-old woman, working woman. Maybe she's on Twitter, maybe she's not. Sure enough, she was. 
I screenshotted this yesterday, but when I went on there, I was seeing like she was replying like within the last few minutes. She was putting out uh, tweets and content within that hour. So I'm like, she's active. That's where I need to intercept her. So because I had my own digital brand, but also like my Kevin O'Connell Coco83 Twitter account, like I have like I had like 500 followers at the time. Like really, no one knows who I am. Like I said, I just left Rutgers University to go start my own business. She's like, who cares about that? Um, but I crafted this this uh, tweet from my other uh, Twitter account for the Niche Movement. And again, I thought about this. I had 140 characters at the time. I have one tweet to make my very first impression and get her attention. So if you notice, the one thing she said in that interview, our website says, we like Mondays. So I said, we love Mondays too, Nancy. We'd love to interview you and Clockwork for our upcoming book, hashtag love your job. So this was, um, I think, the next morning. Do you think she saw it? I wouldn't be sharing the story if she didn't see it, right? <laughs> she saw it. So that next morning, she said, okay, please do reach out, perhaps via email. So less than 12 hours from that NBC Nightly News interview, I had her attention through Twitter. Got her email uh, through DM, set up this, uh, this phone interview, basically, to, to have her uh, give me content for the book. She was electric. Like you saw two minutes of her interview, she was just so dynamic, so engaging, so just wanted to help a stranger out, a, a new entrepreneur, that in fact, uh, when the book came out, about two months prior, I was like, Nancy, would you write the forward? Like, can we take what you gave us and would you add just a little bit more touch onto what we, we compiled and, and could you be the forward of this book, the first thing you see? She said, sure, no problem. So a complete stranger, somebody on, on national news to three, four months later, she was writing the forward for my book. Uh, the cool thing is when it came out, she supported the niche movement. She still does. Uh, she's still on our email listserv. We've connected with her. We were trying to plan a conference about a year ago. She was, she was going to speak at it. Um, and the cool thing is this screenshot, when the book came out, she had 22,000 followers, or she had uh, 20,000 followers. So she shared this multiple times. And as, again, I had like 500 to 1,000 followers. This was a great amplification to get me going into one of my businesses and organizations. So that story is a little bit about tenacity and me going to get it, me taking a risk, right? And I'm sure not a lot of you, and especially knowing your age and, and even your confidence level, you may not have that digital confidence to be like, okay, Kevin, you're telling me to go find somebody, LinkedIn DM them, email them, or, or cold tweet them. You may not be there yet, and I understand that. Uh, so I want to kind of flip the script and share a second story, uh, because I believe that we live in this limitless connection economy. A lot of what we do, we can find one another, we can connect with one another, we can stay in touch. You know, 10 years from now, you're going to be... You're going to be like, oh, I went through FYDP with 20 kids, 30 kids, and you might stay, be able to stay in touch with a bunch of them, or you may be able to get back in touch and say, hey, remember in 2018 when we were through, went through FYDP together? I'd love to reconnect with you because we're in the same city or we're now working for the same company, <laughs> or I'd love to work for your company. So the second story I want to share is kind of the reverse. Someone that found me and hunted me down. So... Through a little bit of social media discovery, um, this actually led me to a global business opportunity about a year ago this time. So as you alluded to, as I alluded to, I'm a small business owner. I'm really, I, I'm not a Casey Neistat. I'm not a Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't have a huge following. Uh, but every summer, I try to put out as much video content. I've worked on a ton this summer. Right now, that'll be coming out this fall. Um, but I released this video here in the uh, right-hand corner among a lot of other videos, and this was like a digital storytelling like little keynote feature. You'll see here that has 114 views as of yesterday. When this opportunity that I'm about to talk about came about, I had 34 views. So a lot of people think like to get noticed or to get traction or to have an opportunity come your way, you need to have a million followers or, or 100,000 you know, views or subscribers, whatever it might be. That's not the case. So this video comes out, and uh, I was actually, I think I was sitting here at GW, um, before or after one of our meetings, and um, I get this email. I almost deleted it, and I'm like, thank God I didn't. It was an email. One, the format, I was like, all right, this, is, this looks like a spam email. It's somebody from Sweden, Hagenis. I've never heard, it's like, I've heard of Hagen-Daz. Never heard of Hagenis. What the hell is this company? You're from Sweden. There's a lot going on here. I'm like, what, what does this woman want? And as you can see here, she, she basically uh, is the director of communications for a Sweden manufacturing company that's based in Sweden as well as they're based in, um, 
out near like Penn State uh, area of Pennsylvania. So they have a big manufacturing plant out there as well. But basically her and her team, her global team, were coming to Pennsylvania in the fall of last year and they needed a, they wanted a digital storyteller facilitator. They wanted a workshop. And um, when I wrote back to her, I said, thanks for reaching out. Uh, I'd love to set up a call with you. I'm like, I'm just curious, you're from Sweden. I'm this little small business owner here in DC with like two or three years experience. How'd you find me? She Google searched digital storyteller trainer like uh, East Coast or New York City or DC something. One thing led to another. She discovered that video, watched it, and then because I had you know, my info and all that other stuff in my uh, YouTube description, that's how she got my email. Uh, the cool thing is less than two months later, uh, this past uh, October 2017, I went out there and did a full day digital storytelling, digital voice workshop with uh, about eight of their communication people from China, Sweden, United States, and Europe. And um, that was a totally different sector for me. I do a lot of work in higher ed nonprofits and startups, but this was a, a point of me putting out content. If I didn't put that content out with 34 views that I thought wasn't really doing anything, I would have never gotten this large scale global opportunity. Um, so social media is obviously not private. I know that's one thing that Danya uh, wanted me to hit on and one thing that came up a little bit last year and that's okay and some of you who has a private Instagram account who keeps their stuff unlocked makes sense right um, that's fine I would challenge you though that maybe not every single platform should be completely private because at the end of the day it's really not uh, so whether people are following you and screenshot it and share it whether people are discovering you on LinkedIn Google Facebook etc it's really not private but as long as we use some common sense and we're smart about it, we can have some opportunities like this. And I get that we're light years apart, we're 12, 13 years apart, I'm in a totally different part of my career, uh, but I'm gonna share some more relatable stories here with you guys. The first one though is a little bit of a, uh, something that didn't go too well, and this is a real world story, story. The two names here I've had to cover up because one, I'm recording this, and two, I wanna kinda like make sure uh, I don't reveal too many details here. So this is a real, real situation. So uh, this one, Kayla, She's uh, probably about five, six years out of college. She works for a large company here in DC. My wife actually works with her. And um, they were, they're colleagues together. And um, we'll say my wife's name is Amanda, even though it's not. Um, they're friends on Instagram because they've been working together for like three or four years. Kayla um, calls out sick one day. Uh, and it was kind of like right around her birthday. And my wife's like, okay, like you can't make this meeting, you're calling out sick, okay, I understand that. She calls out sick the next day. And then like that night though, on Instagram, she was at a concert. You think Kayla was really sick? Maybe a little bit under the weather from something else? She called out sick the next day. So she missed like three out of five days of work and who knows what she was up to. But my point is, is that if you're gonna be out there and listen, if you can't make something here, then just be honest. Be like, I can't be here. Uh, but like, don't go flaunting your other world, your other reality on social media because you're going to get caught. Uh, the interesting thing is these two people, uh, there's no ramifications. They don't report to one another. But like, there was some shady conversation going on that week. Like, there was some buzz in the office. So just be cautious of like, if you're going to say one thing, then your digital footprint better replicate that and better be honest to that. Make sense? Has anybody been caught in that situation where they got called out? Or like even with friends, like, hey, I can't hang out Saturday because I gotta stay home and babysit. And then you're out like at the club or something, right? Yeah, so you gotta be careful. I wanna segue into this quote. I, I was, as I was doing some research, uh, my wife actually is teaching a digital, brand, a digital reputation course at University of Florida um, this fall, and so she has a whole binder of, of stuff, and I was looking through it the last few days. This quote really, caught my attention. It's from um, Indiana University, uh, a paper they did strategic personal branding and how it pays off. But you could read it here. Everyone you meet has an impression of you, right? You got an impression of us yesterday, of all the instructors in that 30 second intro we did to one another. Uh, but you get an impression whether you're an MBA student or undergraduate student in your case, whether you're an executive or you're somebody like me, you're a self-employed entrepreneur and professional. Doesn't matter if you've interacted with them on LinkedIn, over email, or in person, or even just a combination. Uh, they have a specific impression of who you are. And so I think a lot of you, uh, as you go through these networking events at GW, and as you present yourself as an FYDP mentor and a student leader, people are gonna have physical impressions of you, right? And I think sometimes you might get in your own head like, 
How, like, was my handshake strong enough? Or did I look at them? Did I smile? Was I dressed the right part? Was my name tag on the left side? You also got to worry about the other half of you, your digital footprint, because your digital identity is your identity, right? So this is, this is really fascinating. And, and when I'm done with this, I actually want to turn over to you guys and, and ask a few people, like, where do you fall? And, and where do you see yourself? Or maybe it's a combination, because I know when I read through this, I thought I was a combination at, at different times. But so why do we share our digital identity? There's actually a whole research of um, personality traits and psychology that matches up to people sharing and their sharing habits on social. What they choose to share, when they choose to share it, how they choose to share it. So there's six of them. I would highly recommend, uh, I know you guys are, it's a Saturday morning, the last thing you're like, I don't want to learn because classes aren't for another 48 hours. I really would highly recommend either taking a screenshot of this or jotting this down because I really think this might help you identify like where where do you want to be um, as a digital leader? Uh, or, or maybe there's a new term up here, like, hey, I'm an uh, altruist, but I want to be something else. It'd be helpful. I know I do that a lot with, especially on like YouTube, I try to make videos that help the people I'm trying to serve. So this is one thing. Uh, you know, when, they, when they categorize this, a lot of people might do this through Facebook, through email. I said I, I do this through YouTube. But you're sharing content to be helpful. So as a leader here, you may, you may be using social media as a platform to help your FYDP students, other student leaders. You might share, hey guys, here's a great event that's going on. You should know about this. Or here's a great resource that I'm going to tweet out or put in my Instagram story that you should know about to get involved. The second reason people share uh, is a careerist. Again, this is where I start to kind of like mash up like where am I. Uh, you share to just build your professional reputation. I worked at Rutgers University. I had a lot of colleagues that they, they were building their digital reputation as part of the larger associations, larger memberships, that they wanted to be known as the expert in their field. Um, so maybe that's you. Maybe you don't want to mess around with Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, but you want to crush it on LinkedIn, and you want to be known for, for becoming an up-and-coming finance consultant uh, or, or a project manager, whatever it might be. I love this term. Obviously, this gets thrown a lot around a lot of bit since 2013. Um, but hipsters, so you're just sharing cutting-edge insight, trends, creative content, specifically that builds your identity. I'm curious, does anybody here feel like they have like a followership on a social media platform, like they're a little bit of a hipster and they're very particular what they share and they're, they have a following? You're shaking your head, how many followers you got? Okay, that's pretty good dent, that's good. Who else thinks they're a hipster? No one? Okay. I'm going to share an example of, of what I think somebody is a hipster. I'm going to share that. It's a personal example. This is interesting. I never even thought of this boomerang uh, effect. Share content to get a reaction from audience or seeks validation, right? It can be everything from like, my boyfriend broke up with me, and I'm just going to put every love quote up on Instagram, and I'm going to, I'm going to passive aggressively say, like, what's going on and what's up, right? Because I want a reaction. I want, I want to be validated. People know that I'm strong, right? Um, or you might put out something like, um, seeks validation, like, hey, I just became the president of my organization. Or I have the best uh, apartment or dorm room here on campus. You're seeking validation. So you're just putting out the, some type of reaction. Fifth one is, uh, bear with me, hipsters, boomerangs. Fifth one, connectors. I you know, identify with one and two. I also identify with number five, connector. You're sharing content to stay connected with others and make plans. And so personally, you know, right now we're talking about the, the professional side of, of social media and digital, but I'm sure you use a lot of these apps to just DM one another back and forth, snap one another back and forth, keep a streak alive on Snapchat, make plans with one another. But being a connector, this is a great way to be seen. You know, I know so many people have done very well in their careers because they're an actual connector. They're all about making opportunities and helping one another out and connecting them with great, uh, with great people. And you can do the same thing online. Number six, this is interesting, selectives. Is anybody really bougie with their digital footprint? Like they're, not, they're, they're very particular what they put out. It has to have like the right filter, right look. They're only posting like once a month, once a week. So you're selective. You put more thought into what you share uh, and whom, they, whom you share it with, right? So you're not just blasting out to everybody. So what I'm curious, with the, the 20 or 30 of you in the room, who, who feels strongly like one of these identifies with your digital footprint and digital brand? 
Go ahead. What's your name? Honestly, I guess for me, I was number six. How come? Not really that it has to, like, my pictures have to look perfect or anything, but I'm just very, very careful to share. Like, mm -hmm. I only take pictures that I feel like anyone would think is appropriate. Okay. Or a couple pictures of family and friends. Sure. And is that uh, specific to a certain platform, like a Facebook or Instagram, or is that just all your, the social media channels that you're on? Okay, so, so you're you're selective. Uh, any other ones kind of identify or adjacent to you? Yep. Okay. Okay. So curious and selective. Uh, who else? Somebody a little bit different. Okay. How come? Fair enough. And that's the thing, you know, um, I, I've, been, I've been working with college students for 10 plus years. I've been doing these trainings a lot. And, and I think that we're, we're, part, we're past the stage where you guys know that you shouldn't be doing certain things. And I think, I think there's that slip up. There, there's, there's the one situation. But I think the, the one negative situation, there's 99 other great examples like the first two that I shared that you really can harness. Um, one other person, maybe this side of the room could represent. Where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be, maybe? Go ahead, Sajal. Oh, I feel like I'm also a selective and then a lazy connector. And then maybe sometimes, like like the first one I should have said on all schools. Um, but I think that, I, and I think it's me personal, I just like we all want to be the people that are like putting out creative things and inspiring people. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I feel like that's kind of scary because if you put something out there, then there's mm -hmm. a lot of things like that you worked really hard on and then it's out there yeah. and maybe it doesn't get like the feedback that you thought. Sure. That's kind of scary, but I think like that's where I want to be, like to improve things. That's yeah. Like I realized that yep. hopefully it gets like that. Like hopefully inspires. Yeah, awesome. I think to, to build off that last point is there's a time and place and a circumstance to be selective, right? But especially with the large organizations that I work with, they, they just tend to overthink what they're posting and they spent, you know, it's like 30 days and they haven't done anything. They're still in a meeting. They're still brainstorming. And, and I look back to that personal example of that video. If I never shared that video, I would have never had that opportunity. Uh, who cares how many views, how it did, et cetera. But I think the, 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 the analogy that I would share that I share with my organizations I work with on the content strategy side is treat social media, if you choose to, as, as a dartboard. You know, you, you know what your bullseye is. You know what you're trying to achieve. You know what you want to talk about and who you want to be. But just throw darts against the wall, and as long as you can continue to try to be close to the center, it, it'll be fine. I think a lot of people, when you're standing back, you're like, I don't know what to post. I'm not going to post. There's going to be 100 other college students that, are, that have that digital brand, and they're going to they're get the opportunities over you. And so I, wanted, I think this, this goes perfectly into this next story. I don't know Megan personally. Um, I did talk about her in my book, though. So Megan graduated Michigan State University, I think it was like 2013, 14, so about three, four, or five years ago. And she is obsessed with coffee. I see some who's really obsessed with coffee, like you already need another one. Okay, yeah, we know Danya. <laughs> um, but she was also uh, really interested in making connections. So she, was a, she wants to be a connector. So it was around this time uh, her, when she got back to her, the start of her senior year, and she was like, crap, I graduate in less than like 250 days. Like I have less than nine months before I hit the real world. I got to do something. So she started this initiative called 52 Cups of Coffee. She set out a goal for herself that within the Michigan State community, and this is where it started, every week I'm going to build up the courage and I'm going to ask or connect or email somebody like, hey, I'm an up-and-coming student. Would you have coffee with me? So one coffee led to another, one person led to another. Next you know, 52 weeks later, she had 52 new connections uh, from 29 different cities, seven countries, uh, and 52 new two connections. So people that were World War I and II veterans, uh, people that were very successful entrepreneurs, academic advisors and professors on campus, other students. Uh, she had all these people in her, in her pipeline. She wound up writing a book on this, 52 Cups of Coffee, which I would highly recommend maybe Danya or Rachel jot down. It might be something to get here in your office or 
see uh, if it works into this networking piece for FYDP. A lot of people think she maybe she would have went the entrepreneurship solopreneur route like I did. She actually is a technical recruiter at Airbnb, and she got that job because of her, her connection and her digital brand and her, her, her tenacity to put herself out there. You can see technical recruiting by, at Airbnb by day, but she's an author, speaker, and coffee drinker at night, um, and her first book is on Amazon. So don't think that you just need to use social or be a digital leader because you're just trying to build your own personal brand and be an entrepreneur or be an influencer. It's not that. You can go work for one of the largest startups um, in the country if you create your digital brand over the next two or three years. The cool thing is, uh, not only did she turn that into a, a book, but she blogged about her experiences. She documented it along the way. Obviously, four or five years ago, there weren't as many tools and innovations with social media channels as there are now, but she put herself out there. This is a very personal story to me. Um, my younger cousin, Leah, here, uh, she's adopted. Um, she is about 12 years younger than me, and uh, it was cool because when she started going through college, Courtney and I gave her all this different advice. Like, her parents would give her like the, the real world, or like the, 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 the advice that all your parents give you, and then we'd be like, this is what's up. Like, this is what college is like, this is what you need to do, this is how you get involved. But um, she graduated from TCNJ in New Jersey last year with a journalism degree. She then decided, hey, let me tack on one more year of debt and go to Syracuse School of Communications, which if anybody knows about the communication field, Syracuse is a really good school for that, like top three, four, five school. So she just graduated this May. Um, she's a lot like you guys. She did internships. Uh, when she was at Syracuse, she was like a graduate RA for her, for her residence hall, and she had some on-campus media jobs. So she did everything that you, you're supposed to do as a student leader. Um, so this is her Instagram account. What really got her started, though, and got her a job was this, her freaking pug dog, Posey. So uh, she started this Instagram account about a year and a half ago, and every single day, I kid you not, every single day, she puts up a picture or video of this dog. I'm not a pug lover, pug lover. I love black labs, although I love like a French bulldog pug mix. I'd be down for that. Um, so she started Posey the Pug uh, on Instagram. You can see Posey is my name, Posey is my game, hashtag pug life. So what I love about this is she is embodying a digital voice for this dog. She's creating a brand for this dog. Very essential skills if you're going to get into any digital marketing field. Uh, another example here, hiding from Monday under this pillow with a, an emoji. Uh, cool thing, she understands formatting on Instagram. She understands hashtag culture to get noticed. Um, and she does this day in and day out. So she's created a habit for herself. I believe that the job that she got, which I'm going to share in a minute, it was a mix of her degrees. It was a little bit mix of her resume experience of internships. But it's her understanding that basically put her uh, in charge this summer, and I think she got a full-time job offer by, I'm going to butcher it, Netaporta. Is anybody familiar yeah. with this brand? Like, yeah, exactly. I butchered it. But they have an office in uh, North Bergen, New Jersey. Uh, they're a big fashion, fashion brand, and um, she now works there as like a social media um, community manager and content creator. And a lot of what she could bring to that is understanding how to embody a fashion brand, how to, how to have hashtag culture, content that's going to connect with their audience, how to have a digital voice. And a lot of it was because she decided, like, I'm just going to take my dog and create an Instagram account and do it every single day and learn all the different ins and outs of Instagram and how to grow a followership. So it may not even exist here in FYDP or as you a student leader, but maybe you have something that you want to do on the side that you're really interested in, art, photography, dogs, cats, whatever, if you are a cat person out there. So uh, what I want to start closing with here is I'm a big believer in documenting your work, capture your experience. 30 seconds of work can have a direct impact on your career. Uh, the line that I normally use when I do this for uh, organizations is it can have a direct impact on your bottom line. A lot of people are like, why am I going to do an Instagram story? Why am I going to do a YouTube blog? It has, what's the ROI? I only had X amount of views, this much impressions. And I can share, well, that example of the video that had 34 views got me a four-figure opportunity to do something with a global company. This will have direct impact of your work. What's funny is on the uh, Uber ride over here this morning, and I almost was going to like make an audible and, and put it in, in presentation, right before, um, right before this, this is my Instagram stories from yesterday, Emma and Aaron, shout out. 
Is Emma here today? Where are you? Yep, there you are. Sorry, I didn't see you. I know you had to go for RJ stuff. Um, the Instagram story I put out right before that, um, for FY and Creative, I'm launching like a five-week digital storytelling uh, cohort certificate program. On the lift ride over here, I had a, a friend from FDU where I went to school that I haven't, I, I kind of connect with on social media every now and then, but I haven't seen her in a couple years. Really wasn't that connected with her at FDU. She had DM'd me this morning, said, oh my God, please tell me more about this program because my husband's coworker needs to go through this. I want to send him to this. If I never put out the behind the scenes of this coming soon uh, or this new uh, program I'm starting for my business, I might have gotten one less customer or one less student to sign up for this. Um, but this took me, what do we, how long did that picture take, guys? A second? I think we had to take two because Aaron was blinking. Um, <laughs> But like this showcases that like, all right, like not only is Kevin an entrepreneur, he's also part of the GW community, he teaches. I'm telling my story so people get a better understanding like who I am, what I do, and how maybe they can engage with me. Uh, and this took no more than like two minutes, guys. So last thing, I, I don't want you to be feeling overwhelmed. Like wait, I have to interview 52 people, I have to be like his cousin Leah, I have to be like him and create a YouTube channel, no. You could, like, you could do something today that starts your story and takes less than 10 seconds. Uh, as you can see, we can't read it there, but, but Aaron admitted that he's a Cavs fan, but I think he's soon gonna be uh, a Lakers fan. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah you're following LeBron. Yeah, that's what I put up there. Um, so 30 seconds of work. So here's some practical ideas. I'm always, I, I love leaving uh, trainings with giving you something tangible. This is all great, this is great uh, ideas, things that we can talk about, high level strategy. So I got three for you. So LinkedIn, let's focus on LinkedIn. Who's got a LinkedIn profile that's close to complete? Awesome. Here's what I would recommend. My wife and I were talking about this last night at dinner, portfolio items. So you can actually kind of bookmark different projects, blog posts, and things like, it's basically like above the fold underneath your description and summary. You can actually plug in different things. And she was telling me a story last night because I was telling her I was prepping for this. And the job that she has now at AFCO Worldwide, she's, the, she's like a director of learning and development, she got that job because when she got the interview, she went in and met with the VP, and the VP, Catherine, you know, kind of quickly looked at her resume, but Catherine spent 20 minutes just perusing her LinkedIn account. And the whole hour-long interview was, Courtney, tell me about this portfolio item, or tell me about this conference you have bookmarked on LinkedIn, tell me more about this. And that came so easy to Courtney that she just had, it was like, she was like, it was a conversation. I, I was not nervous, it wasn't a Q&A, it wasn't completely formal. She just wanted to know about, like, tell me more of these exciting things that you were part of over the last five to 10 years of your career. So imagine if you don't have that. Like, imagine if you go to an interview and I LinkedIn search you and we're just stretching for things to talk about or you're nervous. Um, I can tell you right now, I, I had 32 students from GW apply for one of my internships this fall and the five or six that I, I narrowed it down to, I did a little LinkedIn search and I unfortunately couldn't find much. Um, so I would highly recommend that, that people, they're not gonna, they're probably not Google searching you, they're, probably, they're definitely not really Facebook searching you right now, maybe some companies have that policy, but they're most certainly gonna quickly hunt you down. If you're in the top 10 uh, selective pool to get a job, they're gonna get on LinkedIn, and you wanna make sure that you can control that and, and share uh, stuff about it. So some things I think you should do. Uh, you could maybe do a, a quick recap of the Blackburn lecture. You know, what's this whole topic of civility? What's going on on campus? Just, ju just write it down, do it from your phone. Uh, maybe share one of your projects or case studies from another class. That could be in an actual LinkedIn post or that could be a portfolio item. Uh, I think this is huge. If I had LinkedIn and the technology now that when I was in school, I would be saying, hey, like here are four of me and the three other members that founded the marketing group or the Habitat, we're, you know, we're, I'm the president of the Habitat for Humanity chapter and we just raised $6,000, like I would be documenting those milestones and success of the student orgs that you're a part of. Um, and the other thing is share that professional selfie. Like maybe it's you and, and three of your other people from GWIB or, or other FYDs mentors, like share that picture. If it has some professional attachment, put it up on, on LinkedIn. Um, because when we go to find you, I, can, I might go back two weeks, like tell me, like what event were you at? And I may be like, oh my God, my coworker was at the same event. Or I would have loved to tell me more about, uh, about who you meant there. The other big thing I think you guys are missing out on is commenting. So just spend 10 minutes a week on LinkedIn and look at the activity there and like add your two cents. If you're trying to get into consultant, follow some consultants and, and, and you know, share your point of view uh, or ask questions 
you know, I think that the big thing you guys have an advantage of is your youth. I can't really get away anymore saying I want to do an informa informational interview. I'm a 35-year-old. They're going to they're gonna see right through that. You guys can say, hey, I'm a sophomore or junior at GW. Nine times out of ten, I'm like, oh my god, I, I would love to talk with you for 10, 15 minutes. I love college students. Instagram, if you choose to. Uh, we have stories, we have posts, we have hashtags, we have direct message. I really think there's some opportunity there for direct messaging as well. Um, maybe you decide to create a, a leadership quote card of the day or the week for your class. Um, behind the scenes of your class, I know what I would, I would, I would always share just a quick 10 second like uh, behind the scenes or a picture. Uh, I try to do that every week. But share something. Uh, maybe it's just you, like your quick thoughts, like here's what we're doing this week, or here's what we achieved this week. Here's what I'm learning. It's not only good for your personal brand, but it helps you kind of reflect. Like, oh, this is what I'm learning. When you sit down for three 10-second posts, you're like, oh, this is actually what I'm learning about. Uh, maybe you want to highlight other leaders to follow on Instagram. So maybe you, you use Instagram as more of a research tool, and then you say, hey, class, here are 10 leaders on Instagram that we think you should follow to get inspiration, news, thoughts, uh, leadership tactics from. Uh, and then obviously you can share anything in that professional realm of what you're doing here on GW campus. I think Twitter is still very relevant. It's great for news. It's great for uh, connecting. It's kind of like the water cooler cocktail party of social media. I know I tried this my very first year here, but maybe you get a poll and if, if there's a bunch of kids on Twitter or some of them, Maybe you start a leadership article or story of the day, week, or maybe like hashtag Monday motivation. You could start an actual hashtag for your class. So that way, as you share content on Twitter, you can have one long stream and kids and, and people in your class, or maybe just FYD, FYDP in general, can go back and look at all the different content to share. This is an underrated uh, tactic, but create Twitter lists. So I have a bunch of Twitter lists, uh, some private, some public, where I can go right to, so like, who, who is on Twitter? Like, you're on there every day or every other day. So there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of people you might be following. You can create a, a list with maybe 10 or 20 people, and then that way you can go right to it, and you can see all their new current updates. And maybe you can either use that for yourself or for your class. Uh, I think the other underutilized tool is creating a Twitter moment. So it's very similar like Instagram and, and uh, Instagram stories and Snapchat, where it's kind of like tappable. Uh, and a lot of publications will, will harness like the story of the day, and then you get five or six different curated tweets. But maybe you do that for the start of school or, or the Blackburn lecture, something that's, that's going on here um, on campus. So this is the last thing I want to close on. Pick your platform, but only if you want to. I'm not, I'm not leaving here today saying you must be doing something, you must be on a platform. That's going to come with your own confidence, your own time, and your own belief in this. And if there's some of you that are just like, I am checked out of social, that's awesome for whatever reason. But if you're going to pick your platform, do it well. Choose, hey, I'm going to let students connect me on Instagram. Well, then if you're going to let students connect with you on Instagram, then you better bring it. You better be the whole person. If you're out drinking on the weekends or misbehaving or being somewhere that you said you're not, you're just setting a bad uh, example for yourself and for your students. So pick the platform and if you just like, hey, I'm just not going to connect with students at all, that's cool too. It should be grandma friendly though. That platform that you're going to do this on, it better be grandma friendly, aunt friendly, mom and dad friendly. Um, it should be employer friendly, whatever platform that's going to be. And most importantly guys, it should be Don, I mean FYPD uh, friendly, Danya friendly. Um, I'm going to leave you guys with three questions, and this is where I want you to actually leave here and think about it. What's your story, and what makes you different? So what's the story that you want to share this year, and what makes you different? So just spend 30 seconds, jot it down, think about it right in your phone. Think about what's your story going to be, and what makes you different? And still think, think about this and write stuff down. Uh, the second question. Uh, what are three traits that will define your on, online and offline brand? So I'm a big believer that whatever you're conveying on your resume, whatever, you, whatever your professional traits are or, who, or how you describe yourself, when I connect with you on social, regardless of the platform, I should get a sense that those three characteristics and, and professional traits match up. 
And I think when there's a disconnect, that's when you're going to start to confuse potential employers, potential people you want to connect with. Um, so think of three traits. It could be keywords uh, that will define both your offline and online brand. So just think like who you are. How do you want to be known? The one thing I will say is that that's going to evolve. In the next six months, that could change. In the next three years when you graduate, 10 years in your, in your uh, professional world could change. That's OK. But it should continue to match up both offline and online. And this last one I want to spend a little, just a touch longer amount of time on. If you were in my position 10, 15 years from now and you had an opportunity to come talk about your digital brand or your success and opportunities from having a digital footprint and being a digital leader, uh, what's the future of you? What's the next 5, 10, 15 years look like? Again, if you choose to, to be on digital and have a digital brand, what's the future of you look like? What's come out of you having a digital brand? What opportunities? Who have you connected with? How, who have you helped? How have you been noticed? So in about 10 seconds, what I'd like to do is turn, turn over back to you guys. And I'm looking for two to three or four people to just share what they got out of this. Maybe it's, it's answering one of these last three questions. Maybe you have a, a rhetorical question back for me that's something you thought we'd cover or something you want me to expand on. But I'm not going to have some big grand finale to this workshop, but I, I want to turn it back to you guys because we have about five or 10 minutes. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, what you got out of this, or some answers to these questions. So who's brave enough to, to go first? Who's got enough coffee in them? Thank you. Just say your name again. Most of what I do is motivated by service. Like, mm -hmm. I don't feel fulfilled unless I feel like I have done something to help other people. Because I know that I'm coming from a standpoint where I've been pretty lucky most of my life. Mm -hmm. And I realize that that motivates, like, even the sorts of internships and work opportunities I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So, like, I worked at an immigration law firm, but they did a lot of pro bono work with, like, domestic violence cases. And without that, the job would have been less fulfilling. Awesome. So your story is about helping others, service-oriented. Um, have you thought about how that could um, integrate into your digital brand or digital footprint? I know I post a lot about service. That's I great. post a lot about service opportunities, mm -hmm. especially not even stuff I'm involved in, but if there's something around campus, I try to like, make other people awesome. aware of it. So you're the person to go to if anything service-related. We should be following you. We should be following along. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I think we all need to give one another the benefit of the doubt as it comes to social media. Um, listen, there can be slip-ups, there can be things where you're just enjoying life too much, but I think th those negative, like I said earlier, those one or two negative situations that we all hear about just outweighs everything else. And I, I believe that like putting yourself out there, um, putting your whole self out there. Hey, this is me as a student leader. This is me with my family. This is me like when I'm not my best self, like whatever it might be. Um, and then however you choose to do that, I think that just cements more of an actual connection with people. Uh, and we really understand like, okay, we're not just hiring Hannah and her resume and her degree and all this. Like this is who she's going to be for the next five years if she chooses to work with us or, or as a student leader for the next year. So I think that's the way I would view social. So I'm glad you shared that. Anything else that resonated with you or? Awesome. Two more people. Good. 
think LinkedIn aside, like pretty much most of my social media platforms can like follow in a lot of those categories. So it creates kind of a, like a weird brand. Sure. So you might be like selective on on Instagram. You might like you might be a different person on different platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I think is I would like to see is LinkedIn on out sort of like delineate and sort of because like I think Hoxie said this, but like there will be the occasional like um, social issue that I'll bring up on Instagram, mm -hmm. and it'll be I should maybe delineate like maybe one platform mm -hmm. for maybe sort of those issues because right now it's sort of a yeah. hodgepodge of all these different things. Yeah. So it creates sort of like a a blurred and like mm -hmm. a mixed brand if that makes sense. Yeah. Sort of like delineating and having one platform be more of an altruist. Sure. One be more yeah. altruist. Well, that's LinkedIn. But yeah. Sort of like delineate it. That's a great way to look at. It's really good insight that you pull from that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Adam. One more. Thanks, Catherine. Go ahead. Um, I think the second class question is like three traits that will define my offline and online brand. Mm -hmm. I never really thought about that, and uh, the three traits that I put down, I immediately thought, well, I'm not really doing that on my online brand because I think that I'm personally more selective. So, and I'm definitely needing to kind of connect with family members and connect mm -hmm. with friends, and not really to put myself out there. I'm definitely not a picture or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Kind of what I took from that is that although I am being more selective with it and I'm using it more of, as a connection, I can still use those traits that I want to succeed on online and I can still kind of use that as an influence to what I'm posting. And yeah, great. Uh, what I will leave you guys with, I, I think, you know, we, there's a lot of kind of closing points, but obviously wherever Danya and Rachel and, and GWSB take social media guidelines and things like that, and, and there's going to be things that come up. Um, clearly, I think bef before you go crazy, like, oh my God, we have this crazy campaign, this crazy, like, check in with them. Like, just be like, hey, I, I'm having this idea that, that came from this workshop. You think this is, can I run with it? Because uh, the last thing I want to do is, like, week four, we're sitting around on instructor meeting, like, oh my God, did you hear what FIDB 13 did? And they're like, like, because I'm like, oh, I messed up. Like, um, so just check in with Donnie and Rachel, and, and if you have any ideas, please. I'm super accessible. I'm only here on Wednesdays generally, but um, my email's there. Any of those, um, Twitter, Instagram, you want to follow me at KOCO83, but really LinkedIn. Um, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, I'm cool with that too. Um, but I have a lot, there's, you know, Hannah mentioned like taking uh, different approaches to connect with people. I have all these different templates and all these other materials I've used for FYDP. So anything you want to get from me or, or questions you have, just please email me. So it was really great uh, presenting to you guys and, and getting to know you a little bit more, but uh, best of luck this semester. And uh, thank you guys for having me this morning. Enjoy today.